2: For God leads. When he isn't leading, I'm not walking in unison. So what happens when a Christian sins? Well, here's what you need to know. Number one, we don't lose our salvation. We don't lose our salvation. But it does break, hinder our fellowship, our relationship with God. That's the only way I can really effectively live. So when I sin, that sin hinders that fellowship That relationship with God. Let me give you a practical illustration.
0: No one likes to admit when they're wrong or they've made a mistake. But when we expose our faults, it may make us feel weak. But when we admit them, it testifies to the glory of God. The reality is that we all fall short of God's glory and we're all in need of forgiveness on a daily basis. First, John tells us that we must confess our sins. It's a verb, an action. It's the conditional action that we must perform in order for the Lord to do His part. Then He can forgive and restore the relationship we have with Him. The great part about God's forgiveness is that there are no strings attached. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 John Chapter 1, verse 9 for part one of our message entitled, Confession Brings Complete Forgiveness.
2: You turn to 1 John, chapter 1, as we're going through this amazing book. There was a pastor who was teaching through 1 John, not me, but, and he wanted to make sure that people understood his teaching and knew how to apply it in our church is Calvary Chapel in our campuses we call that making it sticky. Making sure we know what the word says and then follow through with it. So he asked this question at the beginning of this teaching can anybody tell me what a person has to do before they can receive God's forgiveness. Before you can get God's forgiveness what is somebody, what's the first thing a person has to do? And a 10 year old boy kind of toward the back of the The sanctuary shouted out, you have to sin. (laughs) Well, like, okay, we know that, but that isn't really what we were after. That was definitely not what the pastor was after. Well, what is the real answer to that? How do we receive God's forgiveness? That's what we're going to learn today. Last weekend, if it was all about sin. say, well, I'm not really interested in that. You need to be because you need to understand it. Today we'll talk about the solution to it, even next week as well. But we learned last week that everybody sins. Sin, S-I, me in the middle, N. It simply means living independent of God and, to be honest, simply disobeying His Word. Now, Usually when we talk about sin, people think of action. That's true, but it's much broader. Sin is anything. Thoughts, actions, attitudes, i.e. motives, against God and His Word. Now the reason we learned last week that everybody sins is for two reasons. We learned that everybody is born with the sin nature. When Adam and Eve sinned, that DNA in them, that spiritual DNA, was transferred to every single human being. So when I'm born as a baby, I have that sin nature in me. That sin nature separates us from a holy God. Sin always separates. Sinful man Holy God. But that's not all. That's not all that's involved in our life. But everyone also chooses to sin by practice. So you would write this down and you you need to know this and then to kind of put it in your perspective. See, the reason John explained all that to us last week is there were people who said, Well, I don't have a sin nature. I don't sin. What are you talking about? I'm a good person. No. Here's what you understand. Everyone sins by nature, inherited sin nature, and by practice. Now, that simply means this. There are no sinless people. There are no sinless people. But when I become a Christian, God's goal is for me, through his strength, to sin Less. There's no sinless people. But I have a goal of becoming like Christ, so I should learn to sin less. But since we do sin, even as Christians, how do we handle that sin? Well, bottom line, we see it in the Garden of Eden all the way till now and into heaven. Life is created by God to be relational. You have a bracelet. Love God. Love is a verb. Love people. It's relational. Man was not meant or designed to do life alone, for sure with one another, but more importantly, with God. We were in fact designed to do life dependent on God, to walk in unison, to follow God. There's a great verse that usually we use with marriage, but it applies specifically to this thing called sin and the solution. Take a look from Amos 3.3. The scripture says this. It's a very common sense scripture. Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? You leave this place today, and and, uh, your friend, your girlfriend, your spouse... This says, well, where do you want to go to eat? Well, I want to go over here to that new uh, polo place where that chicken is and the black beans and all that stuff. Well, I want to go to the oriental place over there. Good. Is there going to be a problem? There's going to be a problem. You have to decide. You have to walk together. Now, we used to use that in marriage because that's kind of the way marriage works. But you're going to see today, the truth is, when you begin to look at that, a Christian that sins, that brings up a question. I'm no longer in fellowship with God. I'm no longer walking with God. When I decide as a Christian to sin, then I'm going my way, but God's going this way. Notice in the Scripture, we don't say this. When we say Christ's follower, I follow. God leads. When he isn't leading, I'm not walking in unison. So what happens when a Christian sins? Well, here's what you need to know. Number one, we don't lose our salvation. We don't lose our salvation, but it does break, hinder our fellowship, our relationship with God. That's the only way I can really effectively live. So when I sin, that sin hinders that fellowship, that relationship with God. Let me give you a practical illustration. You're married, and uh, during the evening, you lose it, and you get angry with your spouse, And and you say some things you wish you wouldn't have said. Now, that's a sin. Now, the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your anger. But you get obstinate. And you just refuse to ask them to forgive you. And so you go to bed angry, very angry with your spouse. Now, tell me, is that going to be one of the better evenings of your life? There's only three of you that answered. Come on. Every person I'm talking to has been there. Are the strawberries, the chocolate covered strawberries coming out? Maybe not. What is going to happen in that evening to the relationship in that bed? Tell me. It's king size, but it's going to look like this. Because who's on the edge over here? And who's on the edge over there? And neither the twain shall ever meet. And if the bed, well, if you turn over during the night, guess where you could be? Right on the floor. Now, how many know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. If you're not raising your hand, you're sinning. Come on, raise your hand. You know exactly what I'm talking about. In fact, some of you probably said, Pastor Mark, were you in our bedroom last night? No, I was in the bedroom of those in Vieira. I wasn't in this area. I was up there. My wife covered this area. She didn't say anything, so it's okay. No, not really. Now, what happened? The next morning you get up, did that, did that destroy it? You're no longer married? No, well, of course you're married. But what happened to your relationship with your spouse? It was separated. That's exactly what happens when we sin. When we sin, we don't lose our salvation. But sin affects our relationship, our fellowship, our communion with God. So I'm supposed to walk with God. Now I'm walking separate in my own wisdom, in my own direction, and is definitely hindering my walk with God. Well, what do I do about that when I sin then? How do I solve it? Look at 1 John. You're right there. Notice the first word in 1 John 1, 1.9. If. This is a conditional promise from God. Some promises from God we have nothing to do with. I'll never leave you, never forsake you. God says I'll never lie. I have nothing to do with that. This one I have something to do with. Notice. If. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. When I'm convicted by the Holy Spirit, I have a choice. I can either admit it, that it was a sin, or I can try to deny it. When convicted by the Holy Spirit, I'm to honestly admit, confess, and forsake the sin. There's no place for me really to deny it or try to hide it. The fact that I've sinned and I need God's forgiveness. It's a choice. It's always a choice. You know the story of King David. He saw Bathsheba bathing, brought her to the palace, committed adultery with her, eventually had her husband killed on the battlefield, and then brought Bathsheba to be one of his wives. For the next year... 12 months, David refused to ask God to forgive him. During that year, as you read the scripture, David himself says, it affected me physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. For 12 months, David's fellowship with God was broken. The man that had the heart after God. For 12 months, David quenched the Holy Spirit's conviction. For 12 months, David was miserable in every single way of his life. He refused to confess his sin. Well, God, in his grace, sent the prophet Nathan to him. He gave him a story. And at the end of the story, let me read to you what David says. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. So what is the first step that you and I have to do since we all sin? Here it is. Number one, write it down, all of our campuses. We have to confess, agree with God that you have sinned. We are to confess our sins to God. Now, let, let me explain something to you. We can never confess every sin we commit because many sins we commit we don't even know about that's the sin specifically of omission love your neighbor as your friend do good to everybody love those who hate you uh, sometimes we, we're not even thinking about those so we're not to spend our days constantly thinking every second okay I did I looked at that per- oh man I looked at that person let me there. driving if you did that driving the car you wouldn't even get around the block so we're not to focus on sin But, when the Holy Spirit says, that was wrong. It's specific. I don't have time this week, but later we'll get to the difference between conviction and condemnation. Conviction is always specific. Here's condemnation. You don't pray enough. Well, that hits every one of us in this room. How much is enough? Seven hours a day, ten hours a day. No, you don't pray, no. No, conviction is simply a sin. It's simply a sin and it's specific. Now, the Old Testament plus the New Testament warns about what David did, trying to conceal our sin. Look at Proverbs twenty-eight thirteen. Notice, he who conceals his sins does not prosper. But whoever confesses and renounces them, notice what we find, mercy. Who is that is responsible? Me. He who conceals the sins does not prosper. So I have to confess and renounce them, and I find mercy. So what is, we, we talk, when Jesus came, he talked about repentance. What is repentance? Repentance equals confessing the sin and then forsaking it. It doesn't mean go back into it. Some of you were raised, even in the Protestant church, for sure in other denominations, Catholic, all kinds of things. You can just sin on the week, do whatever you want, come for confession on a certain day. Catholics would do it like on Saturdays or whatever. Protestant would come down to the altar every Sunday night, get saved again. That isn't what God wants. That's taking sin too lightly. So uh, uh, confessing... Is, is forsaking that sin. Realizing that God's grace is there, but I want to enjoy by changing. I should learn to sin less. Now, why did I put, look at, look what you wrote, confess. Why did I put in parentheses agree? Because that's what the word confess means. In the original language, it means this. To say the same thing about the sin that God says. Now, sometimes I like to argue with God, that really wasn't a sin. No, you just have to own up and go, okay, God, I acknowledge your perspective about sin. It's personal. It's not this general thing. It's very personal. Give me an idea. David says this, God, I ask your forgiveness for lying to Jim. That's it. It's specific. God spoke to him. He confessed that sin. If it's a pattern, we begin to learn to forsake it. So first part is, I have to agree with God when the Spirit convicts me. Yep, that was wrong. I need you to forgive me. What's the second part? Here it is. Write it down. I now then have to go to the promise of God. I have to believe and receive. Receive. Complete forgiveness. God says, if I'll confess, he will forgive. After confessing, we receive the forgiveness that God promises. Now, God never breaks his promise. Our sins, what do I mean by complete? Our sins are forgiven and forgotten. The Bible says when God forgives us, he removes our sin as far as the east is from the west. He puts them to the bottom of the ocean. And as one writer would say, he puts a sign up, no fishing. Why do I need to know that God forgot my sin? Because Satan will continue to bring it back up to you. And you will not feel convicted, you will feel condemned. So when God forgives, he forgets it's gone. Look how he writes it. These are promises from God. By the way, complete forgiveness is simply this. You can write it down. I'm forgiven and my sins are forgotten. That's what complete means. Not just forgiven, but forgotten. Now, all of us know people who hurt us and they forgave us. My problem is sometimes I can't what? Forget it. But God's forgiveness includes both. Look what Hebrews eight twelve says. For I will forgive their wickedness, and will remember their sins, say it with me, no more. That's a promise from God. That's a promise from God. Well, there's one more. Look at Isaiah 43:25. I, God speaking, yes, I alone will blot out your sins for my own sake and will never think of them again. Could I hear an amen at all of our campuses right now? Are you glad about that this morning? Amazing. Now sometimes I have trouble with that. One of the greatest things that people come to me with is, is forgiveness. Is they, they can't they forgive the person, but they can't forget the hurt. You need to get a book I wrote called Prison Break. All the missions, go the money goes to the mission, then go to me. There's a process of learning to forgive, and then a process of learning to forget. Can you ever forget the hurt? No, you can never forget what happened. But you, the hurt will not be there anymore. You'll you remember the incident. But God helps you remove that sting from sin from that. You need to do it. Otherwise, you're, you're miserable your whole life. Now, as a result of confessing, God does what he does. Because of his loving character, his, his fellowship, his relationship. Now, here's what happens. When you begin understanding that, then this, as a Christian, when I ask forgiveness... What happens to me? That sin didn't make me lose my salvation, but it affect, I wasn't walking with God. So when I do confess, what happens? Take a look. Here's what you want to write. This is what happens to you. Real confession restores our relationship, our fellowship with God. So then I can begin to simply do what? Walk with God. Can two uh, and as to agree, can they walk together? No, they cannot. So that is huge in our life. Now, I want you to look at me. Uh, turn to John 8 on all of our campuses. Sebastian Vier, Work Camp. Those you watch online, turn to John 8 in your Bible. You'll see where that is. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Very simple to get there. A story that's very familiar. But I want you to look at me because I want to I challenge you. We're going to have a great application with this. Now, over and over and over again... In John chapter 8, you're going to see Jesus, but you're going to see the character of God. You see, in Bible times, even though God stated his character, people didn't really relate to it. So we know that Jesus came to earth. Jesus was God and he put skin on and he came to earth to do lots of things, of course, celebrating Easter to die on the cross for our sins. But he also came to show us what God was like. And God's character is loving and forgiving, full of grace, not deserving it. But the people in those days didn't understand that. Religion was very, well, it was legalistic. When Jesus came, you're going to see in our story, it's a very different picture. Now, why do we have to study this picture? Why is it here? Because the world outside these walls of our campuses, they do not believe that God is forgiving they do not believe that god is graceful they think that many of them don't even believe in god and so when you see this story today this should change you to realize what god's character is some of you here don't have a a relationship with jesus christ yet you're still you're you're searching you're kind of looking you're seeking glad to have you with us you're going to see how much god loves you and then you can take that to the world and we're going to see that as a picture
0: Did you realize that you and everyone else in the world sins, and that sinning is the cause of the world's problems? Pastor Mark reminded us that everyone sins, so what are we to do about it? We are to confess our sins to God. When we confess, He will forgive, and we can find forgiveness and mercy. God then gives us complete forgiveness, and in this process, He forgets our sins. That is a loving God. We will learn how God's forgiveness and restoration works. He desires to have an intimate relationship with us, but He doesn't want us to live in our sin. He wants us to live a life full of love, joy, and hope. The only way we can do that is if we confess our sins to Him and turn away from those sins and live the way He teaches us in His Word. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.
1: Our eyes have seen, and our ears have heard, His Word made flesh in a herd. you